Welcome back to Bread and Butter, everybody, where we're serving up the basics for Hearthstone improvement in episode 58 with, as always, my co-host, Tito. Tito, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Doc. How are you about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. And special guest, Pilot, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you. I'm going to call you out, Doc, because you just said about 10 seconds ago that you were okay, <laughs> not good. So, so what changed in the last 10 seconds? Uh, the recording button turned red. Yep. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, so uh, what have you been doing in Hearthstone recently, Pilot? I have been trying to experiment with the new cards um, and trying not to tilt off the face of the planet with Druid and then other things that counter me when I try to counter the Druid. Um, I played quite a bit of the Sludge Warlock until I ran into too many Plague DKs in a row and switched off that deck um, because that deck doesn't like things being shuffled and moving your sludges at all. But just testing some things, playing around with different things. Uh, I did had a couple competitive matches over the weekend with THL and the High Horizon tournament, so tried to prep for those. And then after that, switched to Wild and Arena just because I felt like doing something different. So when those were fun, I found a menagerie taunt warrior in wild that did okay with my low mmr and duels treasures in arena are fun heck yeah uh, how about yourself tito all right my segment is what doc's out um not hearthstone segment is usually like <laughs> i got my notes here so we had ron mexico on last week and obviously he's he's a fantastic person to talk to it was a great episode if you haven't listened to it yet go back and listen to it because there's a lot of Good information there. November and December and January, I've had the yips. I have, I, I've still made Legend, but I've struggled and I've been second guessing myself and all that. And it's been frustrating. Um, since I talked to Ron, I took off. I came in the Legend um, a week or two ago and I was about, I think at like, I came in at like 8,500. And I, I took about 4,000 ranks off just playing really well, playing confidently. It was a lot of fun. Um, then the mini set came. And my first day of the mini set, I held par. I did well. I, I didn't win. I didn't lose. I, I played about 500. I played a couple different things. It was fine. Then the next day, I started to just kind of experiment. I'm like, you know what? I got to start kind of, if I'm going to be a good player, I need to be play with the new things and experiment. And I got stuck on a couple things and... When you when when it's this time of the month, um, at least at my MMR, you move like four or five hundred points every time you win or lose, and I lost quite a bit, so I ended up dropping quite a bit. And then I said, "Well, I guess I dropped far enough that who cares? I'm just gonna keep playing." And my experiments with things like uh, rock and roll taunt taunt warrior and stuff didn't go as well as I had hoped. Um, so I got a good suggestion from Donkey that said, "Hey." you should just play on other servers when you're trying to do things like that. And that was a good idea, except I, I'm not going to put any money into these other servers. And I went to Asia, I went to um, EU, and um, I have no stars on those. I have a very limited collection, but I built a paladin and a taunt druid, I think, on an uh, aggro druid on both of them, a tree druid. And I did really well. In fact, on both servers, I have gotten 12 win streaks already. And I've pretty much run at a 90% clip. I've been winning like about 90% of my games. Now, that's not an accomplishment because 
technically I'm a legend player and now I'm kind of smurfing on those accounts. So I should be playing at those levels when I'm bronze 10, zero stars playing against new people, whatever, but it's still very validating. Um, and even, even though, um, I had that slow streak where, I mean, the streak of, um, since the mini set where I tried new things and I tanked my average and I tanked my uh, rank, I still have um, about a 50% win rate at Legend. I was closer to 60%, but the fact that I'm still, you know, winning or at uh, I have won has been really good. And um, it's been really enjoyable. Um, so there's been a lot. I've been doing a lot all there. Oh, and by the way, I hit Legend for the first time in Wild, which I had five stars going into the month, and I was playing an even plague death knight highlander deck and that was a lot of fun but it was slow and so i reached out to my buddy uh uh electric sheep city and said hey this is fun a little slow he and he said here here's the shavala paladin deck and that deck was fun consistent good and i got there i played i, I played really well i think i went at like a 70 something percent win rate in the climb it got a little slower as we got to like d5 but um, felt really good there. And final bit of news. Like I said, this is about going to be as long as when Doc talks about what he's been doing outside <laughs> of uh, Hearthstone. But um, I played Minty Fresh and I won. So uh, Leo from the, the Hearthstone dev team, um, I was streaming and um, I was on mute because I had gone a step away to use the bathroom or something like that. And I forgot to unmute myself. But then uh, Pilot reminded me, hey, you're on mute. But I was like, hey, I think I'm playing a dev. And it was, and he, he added me afterwards and, um, he came to my stream and said, Hey, that was me. I'm like, I know. And I had told him on Twitter that, um, <laughs> I told him on Twitter that I was going to play some, uh, pure paladin, but that, which I ended up doing, um, but I ended up playing, um, earthen paladin that night. And that was really fun too. So that was a lot of fun. Fuck. What have you been doing in the world of Hearthstone? Uh, yeah, I've just, uh, I've played just a couple BGs, uh, cause like Hito said, my outside of Hearthstone is usually pretty big and busy. Um, and so I've just I just played a couple BGs um, trying to play Murlocs because I want Murlocs to be to be good for me and uh, got got a couple top fours, which is good for not playing, not playing a lot of uh, BGs recently. So I'll take uh, I'll take top four when I can. Now, speaking of outside of the game of Hearthstone, Doc. Um, what happened last week when you weren't on the show and how did I almost screw it up? Uh, yeah. So a funny thing, there is other developing, uh, circumstances with that Tito. <laughs> uh, so what Tito's talking about is, uh, we were supposed to, or I was supposed to be on the episode with Ron Mexico on Saturday. Um, but Portland, my partner and Daniel Stormer Sheldon, um, had kind of arranged it to where her and I would go to a, a improv show he was doing down in Salt Lake City, which is about like 45 minutes for me. And uh, he lives like two hours away, whatever. Like he's my best friend. But um, we know we, just like, <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, uh, trademark TM, TM, TM. Uh, but Salt, the area of Utah that I live in, just like most of a lot of the country got hit with uh, severe winter storms. So Daniel and everybody were down in Salt Lake, 
But uh, I live in a small enough city where the roads weren't plowed yet to get to the roads that were plowed. And so we ended up not going and we lost power because it got too cold. And we had a there was a main pipe that burst. And so we didn't have any water and no power for like six hours. And all plowed jokes save for Blizzard. But that sucks, dude. First pipes yeah. are never fun. <laughs> um, but th- this week. So, yeah. So Tito. Didn't necessarily ruin a surprise. Because <laughs> I, I don't think it was ruined because neither Tito or I knew that this was going to happen. Right. Um, it was just coincidences, stars aligning, whatever you want to say. Um, but, uh, this week, um, technically today is Cortland and I's, uh, anniversary, but we celebrated it yesterday. Um, so that was, that was a lot of fun. We, uh, hung out and got coffee in the morning cause we usually our schedules. She gets up like two hours before I do. So we usually don't get to share mornings with each other cause she works for the post office, but, um, we got coffee. Then we kind of hung out at home for a little bit. And then we went down and we went to Barnes and Noble, bought a couple books. Then we went and had uh, sushi and stuff. And that was really good. I bought so I bought two books. One is like 450 pages and one's almost 500 pages, like 498. I think I'm almost done with that one because that's all I've been doing is reading this book from when we got home after dinner until um, like right before we started recording. Um, it's fourth wing, if anyone's curious it's popular on tiktok but i'm a big dragon book fan because i love christopher Pellini. um and then we had family game night as well and family made D characters and i'm going to start running a D campaign for Cortland, her two brothers and um their sister-in-law i was hoping you were going to say your mom no <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love Cortland's mom though she's a great she's great but, uh, yeah, that's my life outside of Hearthstone. Uh, how about yourself, Pilot? Yeah, just uh, getting back into the swing of things for the new semester at school. Not that it changes too much for me because I teach elementary, but trying to get the kids going again after winter break and then only going to school two days last week because we also had weather and cold and probably will have more tonight because there's an ice storm coming in means that there's no consistency and it's going to be crazy pretty much this whole month. I've just accepted it at this point. Um, But other than that, not too much, just trying to keep on track of work things, trying to play a couple other games here and there. Um, Some things just on switch Xbox, things like that, but probably talk about that nice a little bit more later and Nothing too much that stood out. What about you, Tito? Oh, look at him, expert podcaster. Um, well, we had my parents over this weekend. We had my grandkid over this weekend, too, he had, overnight. And then we had my parents come over yesterday. Yesterday, today is Monday. Yeah, yesterday. And we did. We finally got Christmas over. They were supposed to come up uh, the last weekend of the year because they were on vacation at Christmas. They were down in Aruba, I think. Um, somewhere there was warm, but while they were there, um, they had sna- they had drama getting home with issues with planes and airports and all that. But then they also got COVID, so we pushed that out for a while. And they finally came up this weekend, which was nice. And we're just getting over a minor minor cold snap, and we might we're still having an ice storm or ice bad weather 
coming on tomorrow. So there might not be um, school for the kids on Wednesday. Um, this is the podcast weather report um, coming at you. <laughs> but, um, and when I say a cold snap, it's it's a minor cold snap. It's like we're not dealing with like four degrees, three degrees, sub-zero. But it, it's been colder than it has been. So it's not too bad. But anyway, my life outside of Hearthstone has been uneventful, clearly because I've been playing way too much Hearthstone. But not I don't think a lot of people like we've had a lot of guests on that a lot of people know. I don't think a lot of people know who Pilot is. So let's why don't we why don't we get to know him a little bit? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. So Pilot, what is like what started like your video game journey and how did you find Hearthstone? So I grew up playing video games. Uh, my family, my brothers, we had I distinctly remember we had a Super Nintendo and a PlayStation one growing up that we would play endlessly on weekends there were a lot of saturday and sunday mornings spent playing you know couch co-op games for the super nintendo um i at, for a while i wasn't convinced it was a real game because i could never find it anywhere else um but we had a, a goof troop or as goofy and max that we played constantly that was the most fun um and then it was a real game because then i found it like an emulator for it later on. I'm like, Hey, this does still exist. Um, so grew up with those, um, played a lot of different things, grew up playing a lot of Pokemon, a lot of turn-based things, um, some Zelda. And then I did not get into hearthstone until, um, COVID shutdowns. That was kind of my hobby that I picked up and I actually got to it from, overwatch because one of the overwatch streamers i would watch fitzy here would sometimes dabble in battlegrounds and that led me to watching slissa a little bit as well as dexter and kind of pulled me into hearthstone i'm like oh this looks fun i played a little bit of card games growing up my brothers and i had Yu-Gi-Oh cards and pokemon cards so we'd play a little bit mainly just casually whatever we had to throw together and play against each other or some of our friends um Started out free to play, played a lot of Battlegrounds to start to build up gold and get a collection. And then once I figured out, yeah, I'm going to play this game for a while, started trying to build more decks and find out meta stuff and got much more involved and now have been playing it since. And to be clear, he is a 11 star legend player most months. So he he got he ramped up quick. Yeah, I part of that I got. <laughs> I don't want to say lucky, um, lucky in the sense that the one of the early decks that spoke to me was probably the best deck at the time. Um, so I started during Ashes, and then was it Scola? Wasn't that year? Was Scola Mance Academy that year? I think it was. I think it was. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, my new player deck that I picked up was Galakrond Rogue which I didn't know at the time was really good, but that was a really good deck. Um, turns yeah. out when you get four good cards that cost zero, you can d- win Hearthstone games. Um, so I started around, I think I started in April of that year. I think my first legend was around September or October of the same year. So I nice. ramped up fairly quickly, and then I've maintained legend ever since. And then the past year, I've hit 11x five or six times so falling off of that a little bit lately 
That's more than my one. <laughs> <laughs> so, is it true that you're an expert at Fall Guys? And when are you trying out for Fall Guys esports? Um, it is not true. And I, that was fully a fluke and fully luck at uh, Squelch Patron Night or whatever it was that we were playing. And <laughs> I happened to make the finals like three games in a row because that was the first time I had played in probably two years. I actually played a practice game to remember the controls before we started that night um, and got really lucky that I was able to hang out, hang in there and whatnot. But no, there are no <laughs> pro aspirations there. Darn. Uh, so currently outside of Hearthstone, what games do you play now? Um, My other quote unquote main game is probably Overwatch. I play a decent bit of Overwatch. Um, so fell off of it for a while at the end of Overwatch one, which I think a lot of people did after two or three years of no content. Um, got back into it struggled at the beginning because i mainly played tank and learning going from two tanks especially as mainly an off tank player to then being the only tank was very challenging um but have gotten back into it i think the game's going in a really good direction uh played a little bit of variety other than that i enjoy racing games uh play some forza both horizon and the motorsport one still zelda still some pokemon and then i've actually gotten into lately trying to go through a lot of the older nintendo games because through the nintendo switch online they have the retro virtual consoles so i've tried mm-hmm. picking some of the best games and playing some of those just games that i missed when i was younger or came out before me being into games now i'm kind of wishing that you would have said that you got into hearthstone because you were listening to a f1 podcast on squelch that then for you into <laughs> <laughs> see i worked my way we've talked about this before i think tito i worked my <laughs> way backwards through hearthstone podcast because i actually started with vicious syndicate because dexter would do he would recap the weekly reports so i'm like okay sure i'll listen to that and that pulled me into coins and seed because of hat hosting both which then pulled me into squelch and then pulled me into all these other you know more casual podcast rather than the other way around yeah that's uh that's definitely not the normal (laughs) way to navigate the hearthstone podcasting space that's really funny uh so what is your favorite hearthstone class probably mage or rogue those are the two that is most drawn to mage because any game where you get to pick a spellcasting class i've just been pulled into um same with rogue and some of the shenanigan sides of rogue but definitely a toss-up between those two although shaman's gotten pretty close the past year or so also okay so if uh rogue major shaman could be your favorite class or what is your favorite deck and is it one of those classes it is um so i am not someone to stick with a deck for a long time uh i I just get bored sticking with one deck and I bounce around. Um, I can see Tito shaking his head because he knows that I bounce around to too many (laughs) decks, Um, mainly because I send them to him and they go much worse for him. Um, But that, (laughs) that Galakron rogue is still one of my favorite ones. Um, Although I did have a miracle rogue that I built in Baron's uh, specifically meant to win the mirror because I had more minions and that was a lot of fun. Nice. So, what are your long-term and short-term goals this year for Hearthstone? 
I think short term is to continue building my deck variety. I definitely was mainly an aggro and mid-range type of player my first few years. Um, probably leaning more towards mid-range styles. I didn't like full-out aggro because I didn't like the feeling of I have to win by turn 5 or I'm out of cards. So I liked decks that had a little bit of longevity, a little bit of decision making, um, but definitely some from hand stuff as well. But I've started to pick up a little bit more combo this year because I really enjoyed the Rainbow Mage, Nature Shaman, but control is way over my head. And it's definitely a type of deck I need to figure out if I want to kind of maintain my long term goal of kind of maintaining a rank kind of bracket to where I feel like I swing too much. Um, I've started keeping track of just some basic stats the past couple years for myself and seeing when do I hit 11x? What's my highest rank? What's my finishing rank? What's my win rate? And I have too many times where I'll have 11x and then the next month I barely make it and then the following month I finish at like 8,000 because something went wrong. and I just want to eliminate that and I think being more versed in different decks will help me adjust to the meta and adjust to what I'm seeing a little bit more. You said something interesting there. Um, Mid-range, what is that? (laughs) So I think it's a four-letter word from what I've been told, but I I just, I don't, I like aggro decks. I like just throwing minions and damage face, but I don't like decks that if you don't win in so many turns then you just don't have anything to do so like current paladin decks are fine for me they're aggressive but you have a top end you have countess you have some late game that you can build on compared to like when i started playing face hunter where hunter didn't have draw those first year year or two that i played they just didn't they didn't print draw for hunter and it's like well i guess i'll play this card Card I top decked and hero power and hope I win next turn. Oh, they healed. I'm done. <laughs> nice. Uh, funny that you said that the draw. So I'm I'm talking to pilot uh, over the weekend and <laughs> with the with the new Highlander um, warrior deck, you get the brand down and you have so many things that give you draw or generation in that deck. I said to him, I said, I I feel like there's a problem. I think we need to thin out the draw because I'm always, I always have a full hand. And he's like, do you realize that three years ago or two years ago, people would, the fact that you would say warrior has too much draw would, would have given you like sideway looks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 So what is, this doesn't have to be something crazy, but what is something people that you think people would find surprising to learn about yourself? Uh, These are always the questions I'm awful at. Like, you know, those icebreakers that you have to do and they're like, oh, do two trace and a lie. As much as I do those as a teacher, especially like teaching band and marching band, we do stuff to build team, you know, team building and stuff at the beginning of the year. I'm so bad at actually participating in them, though. So I looked at this question. I actually have thought about it for like the past two hours and still. (laughs) So um, probably, and this is mainly like online people wouldn't know this much, but um, people who know me in real life, especially knowing like that I'm into music, I teach music, um, I'm into gaming, but 
sports is really up there for me. Also, I played too many sports growing up as pretty much anything that could be involved in an elementary. I did that. I did four different sports through high school. Um, so where through school, I golfed and ran track. And then outside of school, I played in some rec soccer leagues and then a bowling league. And every nice. time I say that to especially students, they're like, you, you were an athlete. You you did stuff. It's so funny. <laughs> I'm I'm saying I was a varsity athlete. I did cross cross country track and yeah. No, no one expects it. Yeah. I, uh, well, since we're talking about high school sports, uh, I did wrestling, football, cross country and track. Very nice. All all former runners here. uh, (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, there was one wrestling practice we would have every year. Sorry. This is just a random doc fact. Um, so in my wrestling program, there was one practice we'd have every year. It was the practice we'd get assigned our singlets. And if you had school issue headgear, then it would be where you'd get your headgear. Um, but we would do how many sit-ups and how many push-ups you could do to failure after like warm-ups. And that was the entire practice because it was just to see how much you could push yourself. Um, so my school had what was the what was called the 1000 sit-up club. And it's and it you can't take a break, like it's on. Once you stop, you're done. Coaches move you on to the next portion and then whatever. Um, I had never made the thousand sit up club throughout throughout all high school till my senior year. And my senior year, I was so bound and determined that I ended up doing fifteen hundred and three sit ups before my coaches made me stop because we had a tournament the next day. (laughs) So then they made the fifteen hundred sit up club and it just has it just says doc. Uh, well, not actually, Doc. It says my real name, <laughs> but it just—I'm the only one on there. So that was uh, that was pretty. It sucked. It definitely, definitely does not feel good the next couple days after you do that many. No, um, and I used to be in a club that did that too. It was called the Army, but um, <laughs> so actually, funny story though. Um, I used to do gymnastics uh for fun because I took a a couple classes in college and. You know, there's there's nothing more fun than doing a back tuck drunk to make money. Um, but I mean, I used to do, you know, round off back handspring tucks and all kinds of stuff. But um, part of that was doing a lot of sit ups. And one day um, I was at a I was at I used to just go to open gym and we were doing this thing where we were on uh, what's called the tumble track, which is like just kind of like a, a long trampoline. And there was a squishy mat at the end. And every time we didn't completely just stick the landing we had to do so many push uh, so many sit-ups and I did th- over a thousand, not at once, but like, you know, it was like 50 each time or whatever like that. And the next day I was fine. Didn't not a problem. The day after I had to work two, two <laughs> jobs. Actually, I think I had to work three jobs. I think I had to get up in the morning cause I, I worked for RGIS, which was those, the inventory people that used to come in with the calculators on their side. I had I, I, I had oh, good old Regis. I had a supermarket in the morning. Then I had my day shift at Newport Creamery, which is like a friendlies. And then I had an evening at like a Staples with Regis. So I had a full long day. Two days after doing all those sit ups, I woke up. I had to roll out of bed because I just could not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Ugh. anyway, I think we've gone off a little tangent. Let's get back to the interview, Doc. Yeah. So, uh. Pilot, you started a podcast with Tito called The Rumble Report. Um, but that's kind of fallen by the wayside based on how often you and Tito play Warcraft Rumble still. Um, 
are you have you ever thought about doing another podcast on any particular topic yeah we were we were actually talking about this i think before uh you got here where i actually picked rumble back up um with the new season starting yesterday so and found a build that i liked which makes the game a lot more enjoyable um i just i struggled getting into it and then just got busy with other stuff because like i mentioned i'm into music and we tried starting it in november i think it was and december is insane because i have zero free time and life and then once i do i sleep and that's it for like the last month of december because i need it um so but i i have thought about it a little bit um so I'm not in a spot where it's easy for me to jump into like content creating uh, just because of my job and my schedule. I have so many evening rehearsals. Yeah. So I live in tiny, tiny town with awful internet. So streaming isn't really an option for me. Um, so it's something that I've thought about. It's something that definitely interests me because of just how I think being a teacher and I think that's something I could do but it's not something that I have time to do at this point or haven't made time for, I guess, yet. Okay. So what is the pilot program? So the pilot program is all the really bad decks that I try that I sent to Tito to try first and find out (laughs) if they're going to win or not. Um, No, it was... I think he started the name for this because... Like I mentioned, I enjoy playing a lot of different decks, and I'm more drawn to off-meta decks, typically. Um, I've always found myself a lot more at home playing something that's a solid Tier 2 deck that I can learn and find edges into the matchups rather than playing the top deck and being targeted. I don't like that. I'd much rather play something Tier 2, something 50-50 that has a chance in pretty much everything because then I feel like what I'm doing makes a difference in the games. And if I'm winning those games, sometimes that ventures a little farther away from that though. And we get into some really interesting lists. Um, so I don't build a ton of decks. I'm more comfortable kind of finding an idea and then, Oh, let's take that out. Let's put that in tweaking it, tweaking it in that way. I've tried building a couple decks. Most of them don't work out very well. Um, other than once off of established ideas but yeah normally tito ends up getting those and sees the results after i've already given up on it i play like three games i'm like oh this is terrible and then he's like i'm oh and 10 what did you send me i'm like you should have quit seven games ago <laughs> like i did that's your fault <laughs> and once, once in a while it flips the other way once in a while like you're like hey i won two games and i'm and then you're it like does. oh now i've lost five games in a row and i'm like seven and three but maybe I didn't have the yips. Maybe I just played too many pilot decks. Probably. <laughs> uh, so where did you get your name from? So I don't remember what it was for. Is for whatever online thing I needed to come up with a screen name for at first. And I had absolutely no idea what to use. And I'm pretty sure I just randomly hit two letters on the keyboard and it went from there. So P and Y were the first two that came out. I'm like, oh. Sure, let's finish this with Pilot. And then that's been my name ever since. Um, a lot of times I add the 712 at the end, if especially if the name's taken, um, to where it's just, it's my birthday. So it's something that I'll know and remember. And normally people yeah. aren't going randomly up to the 700s for no reason. So 
it's worked for me and it's hasn't changed since. Hey, you also have a username that's um, pilot with your social security number afterwards. Can you tell us what that one was again? <laughs> 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 All right. Well, um, our topic today for discussion is adjusting to the meta after there's a big change. Now, sometimes you get a little minor patch where they give you, you know, they, they adjust some outliers and they try to bring the meta in the line and nothing really changes. Maybe a, a deck that was 60% gets brought down to 55%. But then sometimes you have things like new new rotation, which is a big one. You have uh, mini sets, which we're going to talk about a little bit. Or you have like a major patch where they, they buff a bunch of things, which usually don't matter when they buff things. Every once in a while it does, like Velorock. But um, sometimes they just, um, you know, they change a lot. And so you have stale metas that some people like, some people don't like, right? So once a meta is stale, it, stale might be not the wrong word, but it's a word that people use. It, it's, it's, it's solved. It's there. You know that the good decks are rogue and druid because druid's always good. And you know that either Shaman is great or it sucks, depending on what cards they have. Um, so these things, when you have a solved meta, you, it's easier to say, okay, what do I want to do? Do I want to play the good decks? Or do I want to play something that beats the good decks? Or if I want to build something, you can. there's still room for development in a stale meta because it's so defined that you can say, well, where can I squeeze something in here? Would this make sense? And and it, it gives you more stability to build something or to try to change something. And when a meta is fresh, things are constantly shifting. Like we just got a mini set on Thursday and what's, what's good, like you can go to bed tomorrow, like you could play all day, be like, oh, I had an awesome try time playing this um, whatever deck, this... Uh, warrior deck and then oh i can't wait to play tomorrow i'm just going to clean up and then the meta shifted because people are like everyone else is playing that warrior and they found an easy way to counter it so then everyone's farming the warrior and now this is a meta tyrant so whatever that one is somebody else playing and then so so that kind of keeps shifting and moving until we kind of come to the whatever rock paper scissors meta we end up with afterwards um a good example would be, um, well, we'll get to that later, actually, so I'll follow about that. So, um, question for the group. Which metas do you like better? Do you like solved metas, or do you like fresh metas, or do you like both? Um, Pilot, why don't you start off? Um, I think I slightly prefer solved metas. I, I struggle a bit more in fresh metas, um, especially just finding footing and finding something that enjo I enjoy, and then I do, and then, like I mentioned earlier... I found that Sludge Warlock. I really enjoyed it. And then I got caught in the crossfire of Plague DKs trying to target Druid. And it just stopped working because I ran into too many of them. Solved metas bit my play style a bit more where I can find that, you know, okay, it's a good deck. Learn it. Get those couple extra percentage points or no. Okay, I'm going to see this a lot. Let's play this, this, and this because I can beat up on those decks and the ones trying to counter it. So probably slightly solved, but trying to find other stuff so I don't get bored. Doc, how about yourself? Uh, yeah, so I kind of like the first like two to three days of a new meta, like when a new when a new full set drops, because unless it's like a three set meta and it's the first mini set, mini sets aren't necessarily the most impactful thing right away. Um. 
So like first two, three days of a brand new set coming out, I think is just so much fun because you can play some bonker stuff that will never, ever work again just because everyone's trying to do something crazy. Or you can be uh, a little demon and just play like Zulok and then Zulok just forever was always good and you would just farm a bunch of wins early on in new expansions. Um, but overall, I do uh, I do prefer more solved metas just because it makes it easy for me to find out what I want to play. I look at the look at the meta reports, see what's winning, see what classes that I like to play, see how they're doing. And then I just pick like the best deck of like three classes I like to play. And then I just jam those until I get bored of those and find something else. I I had you pegged for a fresh meta guy. I really did. I thought you were going to be like, I love the chaos. I love, I love, and more than just two days. Like, you know what? I never know what I want to play. So if, if it's that, so that was, I, I had you pegged wrong, duck. Well, so, cause nowadays a meta only stays unsolved for just a cup for like maybe two, three days, maybe. Cause we get so much early like content now with having um, people get early access and streaming. So there's already people doing all these deck building ideas. And so when the, when it actually drops, there's already these ideas that have been getting more refined over a couple games over the courses like that weekend that they do all the pre-show stuff for. And then it's just not as long as it used to be before, before they started doing that. Cause before, like it was like, it felt like the first like week maybe was kind of just like, guns blazing getting to do whatever you want to do and then now it's like okay you get maybe two three days and then you kind of have to start falling in line unless you want to start losing some some mmr I push back on that a little bit i think you get a good couple weeks where it's not maybe complete like i think things evolve and then you start to feel like hey how many times have we seen something that happened like okay here's the release or here's the patch and it's like everyone kind of saying, okay, we got this. We know a patch is coming. And then two days before the patch comes out, oh, here's Fire Druid. Oh, here's this. Oh, here's that. Like, I feel like that we still get stuff as you go that does shift the meta a little bit. And, um, but I mean, it still solves quicker now. Like, that's been always one of my complaints is like when you do have the, um, the theory crafting streams, it does kind of, you know, gives people an advantage because now they, Obviously, you don't see the full decks because they have to use 10 cards from the new sets or whatever like that. But people can then start to refine in the like four or five days after that before we get the patch. So, yeah, I can agree with that. But I think it's I think it's more than two or three days. Like, like it's been, what, five days now and we're still kind of settling down like. um, So I don't know. But um, for me, I I love stale metas because. If if you've ever seen my streams or or whatever, I I have no problem playing the same deck for eight nine hundred games more whatever. I like get a deck and I will pound it into the ground. I will because I feel like I learn a lot more that way. When you bounce from deck for me personally, when I bounce from deck to deck to deck, there's there's stuff to learn there. But I like learning the matchups and I like learning. Hey, this is how I can do this and this is. I love not even have to look. I don't look, I love when I know a deck so well, I don't care about the mulligan guide. I, I already know my plays. I know, Hey, um, these are my options coming up. So I love that. And I struggle in a new meta. And when I struggle, I get frustrated. So for me, as I'm trying to become a better hearthstone player, I hit these, these new metas and like, I just, I just get so frustrated. Cause I'm like, I, I don't know what to play. And I don't want to just be the guy that, 
keeps jamming the same thing sometimes sometimes i will but like when you just jam the same thing i you don't evolve too so um i i, I like a solve meta but i'm also the person that's like I, people are with world of warcraft people are like oh i can't wait for the new expansion i can't wait for the new expansion where i'm like i'm still farming the zone i'm i i use the mod all the all the things and i i'm only 87 percent with this zone and 98% with this one and I want to do this and I want to do that. I want to do all the things. So I'm never anxious to get the new thing. I'm usually just like, Hey, let me finish this here. Let's not, why, why we got to rush that? So, um, I love new cards. I love when the meta changes, but I don't like that transition f transition, you know? So, um, but now the meta changes are whether you like them stale or fresh, it's going to happen regardless, right? These things happen and they happen more frequently since they've kind of changed their, their cadence. Although some people would say, wow, we've had a month of Velrock. What the heck? Um, so they even stealth nerfed him by a mistake a couple days ago because, um, when they put out the mini set, he reverted back to what he was, um, even though the card text was different, which was nice, but they fixed it and hat had to tell everybody mad at hat for that. But, um, so when the meta changes, how do you approach it? Um, so we talked a little bit, but like pilot, when, when, when it's out, when you get the new meta, what is your approach to the new meta? Um, so for me, I really like going to on HS replay. I typically don't look at their straight up tier list. A lot of times I go over to the matchups and then they have an option to sort by estimated win rate. And it ranks it based on its matchups and the popularity of those matchups. And that's where I normally find the decks that I really enjoy because I can find something that nobody's playing, but it beats this, this, and this. So that's normally how I like to approach it just because I don't like being that top targeted deck. I want to find something that will work for it. And that normally gets me at least in a decent spot um, to where the other week, just before the mini set, I pulled Cleave Hunter back out just because even though it was nerfed and you felt the nerf with um, ABJ because that one mana definitely made a difference in the combo turn and not being able to tutor it anymore is what hurt the most. A lot of boards went wide, so you just built up a big cleave and then killed them. And it's like, oh, I can target them with this. So that's kind of normally where I jump to first. Every now and then I'll pull out an old deck and say, oh, maybe this works again. Normally it's something to where I've really enjoyed and I'm stubbornly not letting it go like Naga Mage because, um, man, I love that deck and I was so upset when they nerfed it because I just learned it and it was set to be the top deck and I was so excited and then it just died. But sometimes I'll pull those out. Normally I kind of let them go just because they don't come back quite as strong. Sometimes they do, but it seems like you always feel it unless they got some injection in new cards. Uh, but what about you, doc? Uh, I usually just go on to HS replay and just find the thing with the best win rate. Um, if it's a class I enjoy, um, basically I just look for like paladin hunter or druid and then play the best deck that, that, that those classes have to offer. And then if I don't like that specific deck, I'll like if there's a different archetype, then I'll go and look at the different archetypes. Um, but yeah, for the longest time, I was mainly playing uh, Agro Paladin and Agro Druid because those were just so good for so long over so many different metas that I didn't really super bother to learn any of the any of the other decks. 
But uh, yeah, I just find classes I like and just pick a deck or two from there. I have to change the way I handle this. And that's part of why I was thinking about this, because I, I talked about this a little bit up top. But when the meta changes, sometimes I latch onto a deck that is really good. And maybe maybe it goes south like the next day or two. But if I, if I find a deck that's really good, I'm happy. It's fine. But more often than not, I struggle to find that deck. Like sometimes even at the beginning of a month or a new, like I struggle to find the deck that clicks with me. And um, instead of taking a break and, and or finding something different or shifting, I begrudgingly stick with something and say, no, I'm going to figure this out. This deck is good. There's something here. And then I look up and I, I've just given back 5,000 ranks and I'm like, well, I guess I've thrown away this month and this happens more often than I'd like to admit, which, well, actually I admit it because this, that's my job here is to tell you guys about these things, but it happens more than enough that I need to kind of change my approach here. So, um, that's part of why I'm building up a collection and some ranks on a new server on the, on the European and Asia. So that way I can do that over there and try the new things and not necessarily blow apart what I've just spent the last three weeks working on trying to improve things. So uh, we'll see how that goes. It's new for me, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see, but um, so we, we talked about this a little bit. So um, pilot, you said you like to look at the matchups, but in general, do you think you like to uh, target the front runners that have emerged over the first couple of days, or do you like to try to counter them, or or do you try to adapt, take up, take stuff that you were already playing and adapt it with new cards and and move forward? Lately, I've been much more about countering or adapting, unless those front runners are clearly a type of deck that I know that I would enjoy. If it's a play style or a class or archetype that I know. I really enjoy and want to play that then i'll switch to it and just take whatever comes with it if it gets targeted but unless it's that then i'm not going to completely switch what i'm doing just to jump on because you know control priest is the top deck is clearly the top deck i don't know what i'm doing i have no interest in playing control priest right now i'll find something else to do and go with whatever comes with that personally but if you played Control Priest, you're not going to lose that many ranks, even if you lose, because every game takes an hour and a half. Oh, where there's a will away, <laughs> where I'll, I will find a way to still tank. <laughs> All right, Doc, how about yourself? Which which decks do you like to pick up when um, the meta changes? Um, Yeah, so whenever there's like a new hotness, if it's aggro or like aggro adjacent, I'll definitely uh, look if I can build it in my collection. If it's combo or if it's a priest deck, I won't touch it Um, just because the only priest I or the only two priest decks I ever enjoyed playing was OG big priest. When one night in Karazhan came out and uh, like old dragon priest. Those are the two priest decks I enjoyed Wish that wish either style of priest that those exist in would come back just because I really, really enjoyed those and it made me like the class. Um, but yeah, as long as there's something that's aggro or like mid range, that's doing pretty decent. Um, I'll hop on that. If, if it's something like Odin warrior, I'll try to learn it. I won't learn it well. Um, but I enjoyed trying to learn Odin warrior. It was a fun deck when that was the, when that was the big hotness. Big priest, huh? Greetings, fellow humans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. B- old big priest was uh, was my jam. I uh, when I played in Dreamhack Denver, that was one of the decks I brought. 
and it's very nice. Um, and uh, by the way, I meant to mention this earlier. We are not sponsored by HS Replay, but we're open to it. So, uh, Andrew, if you're out there, just let us know, and um, <laughs> we'll we'll we'll, we'll um, you know promote you even harder. But um, I'm I I don't know how I approach these. Like I I think I do it differently every time, and I think that's part of my issue is sometimes I want to just keep jamming what I'm jamming. I'm like, oh, maybe if I add these two cards or whatever, um, I can keep doing it, but clearly it's not the right idea. And sometimes I'm like, well, let's try this new deck. Everyone seems to be... Like, I can't tell you how many times I've picked up a deck that's like a 60% win rate, and I just either run into every bad matchup or I just can't figure out how to pilot it because it is just, you know, I'm like, well, I'm supposed to be winning 60% of my games, but I'm winning like 30% of my games, so what's happening? So, um... Again, I'm trying to. I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna switch. Try to different things on different servers, but um, I don't know. It's a hard thing. It's it's. But I think I think there's a. It, let's get into the next part of this, which is um, for some people, rank doesn't matter, right? If you're if you hit a rank floor, who cares at that point, right? Unless you're keeping track. Unless you're very concerned about your um, statistics at that point, it doesn't really matter. You hit you hit D five. You hit D one. You hit you know plat ten. Whatever it might be. Once you hit that rank four, screw around with whatever the heck you want. That used to be one of my favorite things to do is like, all right, fine. I finally made D5. Let's let's go ahead and get weird, right? So that that's like a perfect opportunity. But once you hit the legend, it's like, well, do you care or not? Some people don't care. They're like, legend, I hit I hit legend. Who cares? So um, and that's what I used to do before when I hit legend is I just play whatever I wanted to. I didn't want to. I didn't want to engage in the meta because then I would know if I was a good player or a bad player because it was like, well, you know, I didn't try hard. I was like, well, I finally got there. So let's just do whatever. But if you if you care about your rank. How do you approach this? And I'm going to say, the if you really care about your rank, the first thing you probably should do is just wait. Um, if it's that important to you, unless one of the top meta decks is something that is similar to your play style or a deck you play, maybe chill. Maybe again, play on a different server um figure things out but um you know we're not all pocket train or meaty or gabby or whoever that can just take whatever and and take a pile of cards and win right sometimes you got to learn how the strategies and how they work um you know so you, you, the, the, those are some options you just wait or try a different server um any other thoughts on how to play in a new meta and maybe if you're concerned about your rank how would you approach it pilot yeah i think it definitely depends on the person i started out being the type of player to where i hit legend and now let's go find every off meta weird deck that i can play and just go and play it um and then i had a couple months where i was able to push a little bit higher and either because that off meta deck was really good and it wasn't off meta it was just a good deck or some of the top decks intrigued me and i played them a lot and i just pulled up some of those stats and i had you know a couple years ago where i had a stretch where i went from finishing in the nine thousands to then jumping up to the four thousands i think that's when i started to decide let's see what i can do and then promptly finish the next month at thirteen thousand. um i think that that was nathria release because that was an awful month for me but i bounced back and hit my first 11x a few months later um and I'm like, yeah, let's let's see what I can do. Let's play good decks. Let's actually think about the meta. Um, and that's something that then intrigued me. Now, when it's a new meta, 
I try to ignore the number. And I know everyone says, ignore the number and you'll play better. And sometimes you can do that and sometimes you can't. It depends on where you're at in the game and outside of the game. Where if I'm having a generally easy time of the school year, I can ignore that and just play and have fun. If I'm frustrated outside and then I just keep losing, you feel it. And then it's like, I don't care. I'm just going to switch to this deck. I'm going to hit face and I'm going to win no matter what it takes. And that's normally when you need to step away. But it's it's a lot easier to ignore when you're in that mindset of I'm going to learn this. I'm going to focus on this or I just want to play the game. That's why I switched to wild the other day, because I'm like, I need something where I don't have to care because I'm losing too much in standard and it's frustrating me to lose. Let's go do something else. So that's that's kind of my thoughts and approach to it. I'm not in a spot where I can maintain a new meta super well, um, especially the learning decks. I've gotten better at picking up decks faster, but then typically get knocked down like the second 20 games and figure out I don't actually know what I'm doing with it yet. But that's part of my approach to it at least. And sometimes like I do the same thing where like we just mentioned, like I will just say, I'm not going to worry about my rank. And then I look at my rank after like, you know, two hours. And then I'm like, wait a second. I actually do care about my rank. What am I doing? Why did I do that? Who, who, ah, past Jay, I'm mad at you, you know? So, um, (laughs) what can you do? How about yourself, doc? Uh, yeah. So sometimes I just like to be a goblin and just play what was good in the previous meta. If the new meta is not solved yet. And because you can you can steal so many wins that way. Yes, people will try to anger at you and send you some wonderful messages. Um, But, you know, sometimes you just got to get a win when you can get a win and playing something that is still good because it has been refined is okay too, even if it's generally looked down upon. Oh, there's been times when I've done that where it's just been I know the meta changes. I know this is going to be really good. I'm just going to keep jamming it because everyone else is going to be trying to learn new things. And, um, I had no shame. It's fine. You know, you play what you want to play. If, if you're, if, if you could yep. just, I just wanted to get to a police and then I would try something new. So yeah, you know, whatever it's your, it's your card game is your, your time. If people aren't happy with it, that's, you know, their own thing. They can figure that out. Um, all right. So I feel like Tito did a lot of talking around this segment of trying to not say that he's a pally main, <laughs> like I've been trying to convince him he is for the past two months because that's what he keeps coming back to. I've so played, no, he's, no, no. he's talked around it very, very well this entire segment. I have he did it with uh Shadow Priest yeah, too. About a year ago, right? <laughs> um whenever Shadow Priest first started. So yeah. um and that's what the the Shadow Priest was probably my best. But um honestly, and Pilot Pilot's been he's in my stream a lot. Um I think that up until Thursday when the mini came out, I think the last couple of weeks before that I have been playing probably some of the best, at least the week before that, I think I've been playing some of the best hearthstone I think I've ever played. And, mm-hmm. um, a lot of, as a pally, cause I've been consistent and I've been playing the deck and I enjoy it. I, 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 I don't know if I'm considering myself a pally main. I'm a, I'm a, I'm currently a pally main, but I don't think I'm a pally main full time. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of, uh, I don't have a main. I, I, I just, whatever is something I enjoy, I will latch onto and play for a million games. And then, um, when I find something else that I really enjoy, I'll, I'll stick with that for a million games and every once in a while we'll dive back into something. But speaking of Paladin and other things, uh, so we have a new meta and on day one, it looked like Ramp Druid 
and Highlander Warrior were going to be the thing, right? They were top. You couldn't play. If you played 10 games, you probably saw 8 to 10 Druid or Warriors. And that's probably because you were also playing it so that you never really got away from it. But um, those decks just dominated. They were everywhere. Now that we've gotten some statistics, it's, they seem to be aggre- aggregating out to be about tier three decks, which, you know, still good and playable, but they're not the meta tyrants everyone was expecting them to be. Um, but it's only been, what, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday? It's only been five or six days, right? So um, that doesn't mean that they're not still good decks. Right now, The how they've been built maybe is not refined. So they were the hotness. And now they're okay. People are still playing them because they're a lot of fun. I mean, who doesn't love playing Bran? By the way, we did that uh, hype tournament this weekend. Um, I also did it. I lost uh, my first round matchup because uh, I could not find Bran. Because, yes, there is a penalty for playing Highlander decks. Sometimes you don't get the cards you want. And uh, when your opponent gets their Bran and you don't, and if they get their Doc Holiday in turn four and you still can't find your stuff, you're going to lose. But anyway, um, <laughs> that was that was fun. But, like, these things, these things will keep changing, right? So, um, you know, you don't have to overlook um, these decks. Don't panic because day one they're super dominating because you just, you know, they're gonna sh- things are gonna settle down. And that doesn't mean that, you know, day one demon hunter isn't gonna need a nerf or or day one we find out, hey, this th- this particular <laughs> card is really really strong, Velrock, and that they need to change it, Velrock. But um, <laughs> you know, it, th- these things happen. But for the most part. Don't panic on day one when something looks crazy if you hate it because it'll shift. People will find Connors and, and then they'll probably come back to Earth. Wait till we get some aggregate statistics because math doesn't lie. And you can usually see, hey, this card, like Ticketus, everyone loved playing Ticketus, but it wasn't a good deck. And that's, what, again, where they say it's a good design space, right? Everyone, but when you play Ticketus, it felt like every single time you played against a Ticketus Warlock, you lost. You didn't. But it felt that way because you always remember the times where they burned your combo pieces or whatever it is, right? So don't panic when you see these things on the first couple of days. It'll sh- it'll settle down. So right now, the meta is looking like we have um, some new decks. Um, Aggro DH is kind of coming back, it looks like. It's one of the top tier one or tier two, depending on the, the um, meta you're looking at. I think it's tier one at top legend and... Um, uh, legend and then it's like tier two from like diamond below um, arcane hunter is back i haven't seen a ton of it uh, myself but it's back out there and um, they've got some tools so i know everyone was saying that hunter really got um, nothing in the mini set but apparently they're doing all right um, and again this will all shift this is where we are just a few days later um, some of the decks that existed have gotten some tools and are better sludge lock sludge lock got some tools I think it's a much better deck. Um, I'm enjoying playing it. It's one of the decks I'm winning with, so we're going to stick with that. Um, Aggro and Pure Paladin both got better. Kind of crazy when you let um, a buff class have Wind Fury. I'm not complaining. It's a lot of fun. Um, uh, (laughs) That's losing a bunch of its buff cards, though, at rotation, isn't it? You shut your mouth. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, probably. No, no. I think we lose Garden's Grace, right? And all those holy spells are sunken city garden's grace for Kel'Thalas. so that might be okay to stick around for a little bit well then we just become then disappear then we just become kangor earthen mains that's fine 
<laughs> but um, outside of that, so Treant Druid, still good, very good. And and they picked up a, a new card. Uh, uh, playing a 6-8 on turn 4 ain't bad. Uh, that's that one that uh, is the Druid Warlock card that when you play it, you have a choose one to either discard two cards or uh, delete a mana crystal. If you forge it, you don't have that penalty. That card goes really well when you're trying to be an aggressive deck. It also goes really well in the sludge lock because, well, even though it never discards sludges for me, um, it has the potential to do it. <laughs> um, Plague DH is really competitive and, and well right now because it's countering some of the things that people are trying to do in the meta. Um, again, if people are playing Highlander Warrior, well, guess what? Turns off Highlander Warrior. Plagues. Uh, you, you're trying to jam all those sludges at the bottom of your deck. Guess what? Shuffling your deck kind of disrupts that plan. So people like playing Plague DH even when it's not good, and now it's good. So, um, and this, again, will all shift. It'll all change. As we said last week, um, you know, these things all dependent upon each other, and, and as things change, whatever. Now, Excavation Rogue, and I'm calling it Excavation Rogue again because Nick uh, Dectech said that um, we have been labeling it everything but what it's actually called, which is Excavation Rogue. We call it Mining Rogue. We call it Drilling Rogue. But they actually give us a word for it, Excavation. So I got you, Dectech. Excavation Rogue is still really good. Uh, we had a couple days um, after, like we said, after the mini set dropped where Velrock was broken they fixed it fairly quickly and that was actually kind of nice because it gave some other um it, people kind of just keep jamming that deck and win so it gave some opportunities for other decks to emerge but guess what now that it's fixed it's still a really good deck and it's fun and it's one of those it's, it's one of those things like um that just generates stuff and it's fun and you never know what's going to happen and, and that appeals to a lot of folks where it's like how am I going to win this time? Or, or what? Oh, I just drew a, I generated a pyroblast. Or, hey, I had a, I missed my drilly, but then I got a drilly off the guy that draws more quick draw cards. You know, there's, there's always kind of fun things to happen. And when you can get a Velrock on turn three, it's, it's almost game over. So, um, any, any thoughts on the meta right now, guys? Uh, I think it's, I think it's interesting. I like watching it develop. And I, I think that, um, we've, Sometimes with the mini sets, we don't see new archetypes evolve. Like we get excited and say, these cards are going to be great. And then the meta maybe doesn't change. Maybe we get one new deck. But this one seems to have really mixed things up. So, Pilot, what are your thoughts on the meta currently and the new set? Yeah, I, I'm interested to see how it falls into place, especially stats wise, as some of these decks settle in. Because, like, looking at the tier list, you have a lot of archetypes that are in my opinion, really close to the same thing or the same thing that are differentiated because of how they're trying to figure out how to sort the data, like aggro paladin and mining paladin. I think those are going to end up being pretty close to the same thing. But if people are, if it's not seeing the wind fury card, then it's going to group it in aggro paladin and vice versa, things like that. So we'll see. There's a few of these decks that I think are being held down by bad builds um, I do think that Control Warrior, Highlander Warrior, some version of long game, slow warrior ends up being fairly strong once a build is figured out and once they know if they need to target Druid or target Aggro because it switched to targeting Druid and getting really greedy, which means it just died to Paladin because it couldn't clear anything. Um, so we'll see how things sort out. Um, I don't like we talked about a little bit earlier, the mini sets, I don't think 
change as much and i don't think that they're supposed to change as much it just feels like we get those two or three cards that take something that was already good or on the brink of being really good and pushing it really far like ramp druid is already being played uh because they had played around with it with thaddeus doing the fire stuff and then ignis and fizzle and finding whatever way to break the game because they got to 10 mana on turn four and now they have payoff more payoffs for it because it shattered it's not a new deck it's just a, using what they already had um so some of that gets a little frustrating because you feel like you don't have something new to play with i think the new warlock cards are going to be really good for the next year um that two mana draw card is just peak warlock it feels like it should be a core card once it rotates because it's just what warlock does and maybe brings back zoo next year but that's getting really hopeful um (laughs) so that's kind of my take i think aggro is going to be really strong the next two days as things settle in and then once they make their balance changes we'll see and thaddeus cannot rotate fast enough you do bring up a good point with uh statistics because like i I did mention like ramp druid and highlander warrior have become tier three decks but have they statistically yes but also statistically everyone's been playing them and that means we've had good builds and bad builds, and we've had people that have figured mm-hmm. out how to play it and people that haven't haven't had to figure out how to play it or, or did not figure out how to play it. So those numbers, even though we've got a lot of statistics, can still be skewed until they get a refined build and get more reps on it and all that. So, um, yeah, so even though things ended up being Tier 3, maybe they're not. Maybe they're Tier 2. Maybe they're even still Tier 1. Um, I guess we'll find out. Doc, how about yourself? What are your thoughts? excuse me um yeah so like probably not gonna be like solved for a couple more days like pilot's saying um but with with mini sets i especially with it being the last mini set before rotation i feel like generally this one is the one that has the hardest time of trying to make an impact in this in the meta it comes out in I will not be surprised at all if this mini set, if the cards from the mini set are significantly stronger post rotation because card, the card pool is slimmer. You can target things better. Um, and there's less tools to work with. So the tools you do have, you have to rely more on. So I think probably might not be the most significant right now, but as soon as rotation happens, they're probably going to feel a lot stronger than they do today. And one thing I just realized is I don't think we really have a Yogg, right? There's no card from the mini set that has just overtaken everything. Like, I know I personally hate reflections and all that, but it feels like this one's a lot more. This one has been powerful. It has affected the meta, but there hasn't been like that one card or that two card that, I mean, when you make a, maybe that's why they made Therazine so boring and and so unimpactful. Um, I don't know, but. I don't, I don't Do you guys think there's anything like that out there? Cause I haven't seen it. No, I haven't. The neutrals are pretty tame. This mini set. I did generate a, there is Zane in arena. So not drafted generated. And that was really strong because I didn't realize that buffed your hand. Also, I thought it was only deck and that makes it a lot better. Um, so I think that, uh, uh, stone Marut stone binder, the, Highlander, where you discover discover elementals, summon one, get the other two. I think that that's going to be okay later on. It just doesn't 
have a greedy deck to go into yet as soon as we get greedy highlander decks um where you get a greedy you know highlander warrior highlander priest that just needs stuff to do that goes straight into it and i don't think it's a bad card i'm interested to see if it gets better with rotation i don't remember how many elementals are rotating out but the elemental pool is really big right now so there is a lot of duds that you can get off of that um so maybe next year at some point we're complaining about that card but i do feel like they definitely pulled back the neutral power which i think is good fair enough um any final thoughts on on the meta and before we move on uh pilot no like i i agree a lot with what doc said that i think some of these cards are going to have more of a home in a couple months when rotation happens and they're able to slot into places that those cards are leaving like i think of um, I think it's Quick Pick, the rogue demon hunter weapon that draws a card when you attack. We don't really play that right now because we have enough other weapons. But as soon as Magnifying Glaive and all those draw cards from last year in Demon Hunter rotate, that's just a demon hunter card in any deck for the next year. That's aggressive because it's strong. It's good. We play that. Um, so I'm interested where those fall. Hopefully, well. How about yourself, Doc? Uh... No, I don't have any anything that I haven't said already about um, my thoughts on the current meta. Right, and I like How about yourself. Tito? I like what you were talking about the um, buff in your hand too, because I think that if we have a five mana card do nothing, if it also buffed your hand, it'd be a little bit better. Please fix black rock and roll. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I black rock and roll is the best archetype warrior right now. Yeah. By what I'm looking at, it's higher than all the other ones. Well, it's not great, <laughs> but it's all also mixed up. So No, I mean it's it's fun too. That's that that's the deck that I tried to build. I, I wanted to get those fifty six, fifty six Naga Giants on the bottom again. And um, you know, uh it just it's it's so it makes it you always play them and you're like, these big minions, how are they gonna get through wave after wave of big minions? And they find a way. So outside of that, please keep um, the some of the holy cards in the in the core set, please. Please, Garden's Grace core. Can we do it? Yes, we can. Um, <laughs> but um, that was a lot, Doc. But I'm ready for some dessert. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds that sounds nice. Uh, so, Pilot, what is your favorite dessert? So. I am a sucker for pretty much any type of brownie. So nice. any brownies, that's definitely my go go to. I, I'm not a big fan of cake and things like that. I just never have been. I don't know. It's just boring. But brownies, I will eat all day. Any of them. Cake does a great cover of War Pigs. But anyway. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. So listeners, please leave us a review. It helps us out. Uh, it helps us know if we're doing the show how like well or not we also want to have the show be something you want to listen to and it be a show we continue want to make so any suggested constructive not suggestive criticism um any constructive criticism um we would gladly uh gladly take and if you email the show or leave us a review we'll uh or if you leave us a review or an email. Goodness, it's it's been it's been a couple it's been a couple uh, podcasts. Uh, can't you tell? Uh, we'll read it out on the show. There you go. Got it in one. 
and we also got um, it's a monday it's fine yeah it's fine and we also got from um hat um on spotify that we had a great episode guy talking about our mtc episode um definitely going to check out some of the books we recommended so fantastic thank you for that pat we appreciate it and um we've also had some chatter about some episodes in the uh bread and butter discord so if you'd like to get involved in that just let us know just join the discord um and we'd love to have you but it's time for some sh- um, finding out where people on their social medias are. And I know I just made a word salad out of that. But Pilot, where can people find you on the internet? Um, I can mainly be found lurking in a few different uh, Hearthstone, Hearthstone discords. Quinton uh, Seed, Squelch, uh, Bread and Butter, a couple others here and there, Blizzlet. Um, so I have a Twitter, uh, Pilot712. Uh, that's P-Y-L-E-T. Um, I don't really check it that much. I just kind of have it so I can follow stuff, but I do have it and open it every now and then, but no promises there. I think I tweet at you more than you tweet. Um, yep. By, uh, uh, Doc, where can people find uh, Yeah, you? so you can find me at Doc McButt on Twitter, and when I can stream again, you will be able to find me on Twitch at Doc McButt. Tito, how about yourself? You can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Tito Santana HS. Again, I, I was going to refine my redefine my schedule again, and again, I just fall into old patterns of just logging in every night and having some fun playing some video games. Um, Pilot, you have any shout-outs this week? Uh, first of all, shout-out to you two, Doc and Tito, for having me on. It was great. Um, good time. And then also a uh, shout-out to our THL team. Tito pulled me into THL last season. Um, opportunistic pro players and the name definitely states what we are uh, as we're going into these very stacked lineups in the stacked conference and sometimes holding our own sometimes not like this week where I think both of us who have played are 0-3 and they weren't close Um, but it's been a good time we have a good fun team uh, get along really well chat about decks and it's been a good time getting to know them and getting to know that competitive scene a little bit more you almost took down McBannerface last week. I did. It was really close. I still look back at that replay and think that there's a chance that I could have won that one, but it was a really weird play, so I don't think I would have made it either way. Uh, yeah, so Pilot, thank you week? so much for being on the show. Um, it's nice to get to like talk to you outside of game nights um, and just through Discord chat, so thank you. You've been a pleasure. Um, yeah, so this week I just want to shout out uh, Cortland uh because i don't know anniversary day date of recording um but yeah it's been it's been great and i can't wait to see what the future holds how about yourself tito to be clear i am not forcing doc to be recording on his anniversary he in fact told me hey can we move it from sunday to monday because we're celebrating our anniversary on sunday i said that's awesome and he didn't tell me that his actual anniversary oh. was today because I would have canceled it's and moved okay. it to Tuesday or something like that. So I'm- she's doing stuff without <laughs> me right now too. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I want to shout out uh, uh, just a guy who is hooking up yet another Hearthstone player with a new rig. Um, you know, he, if if you're looking for a computer. Um, talk to just the guy and if you want me to put you in touch with him i will but uh master store champion who was on our show a couple weeks ago his computer uh his walmart computer um acted like a walmart computer would and died so he has not been able to stream and i said hey if you want i could set you up with somebody and i pointed him at um 
just a guy. They were talking, and within about an hour, uh, they had a new system being sent out. I believe it actually belonged to um, Sage, maybe, before before he got a new system. So he's getting a, a nice little deal there and um, a great computer, and uh, excited about that. I'm also going to shout out Ben Heastone, who also this month was a first-time Wild Legend player. Um, so we both decided this month, for some reason, was the month to do it. And he, and he did a, he did that really well. And um, I also want to shout out the folks at um, uh, Born to Be Wild who um, gave me a shout out. I'm, I'm shouting out the shout out to the sh- this is like shout out exception, but um, they gave me the shout out for hitting Wild uh, Legend and uh, said some very nice things and love those guys over there. So um, yeah, but anyway, guys, I think we're toast. We'll see ya. Bye bye. See ya. Slide two brothers meet one another when they slide up to the mic. It's bread and butter with one another. Let's start up that recording light.